Don't let it be your hair laid on my chest. Don't let it be your words against mine. Don't let it be your hair laid on my chest. Welcome to the third series of the Chronically Fit Show, the podcast where we talk to athletes or sports enthusiasts with chronic conditions. My name's David Savage, and on this series, I am supported by Marcel Patterson, a fitness expert, and as ever, Marla Morkin, a doctor and chronic health expert. Our first guest in this third series is Ali Jawad, a British Paralympic powerlifter born without legs. He took up powerlifting at the age of 16. He's got Crohn's. He is a world record holder, a gold medalist at world championships, and an amazing advocate for just living your best life. So today I'm joined by Ali Jawad. Ali, uh, you're a British Paralympic powerlifter, uh, completing. Um, right, let me let me get this right. Is it the sub fifty nine kilogram class? Yeah. What What does that mean? So basically, in um, para powerlifting, um, lifters are kind of split into body weight classes. So for the fifty nine classes, um, anybody under fifty nine kilo. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite a lightweight. And how, how much are you lifting? Well, my best ever, uh, my world record uh, a couple of years ago was 194 kilo. Um, I'm not in that shape now, but uh, I, I always look back on how good I used to be. <laughs> I'm sure you're probably in pretty good shape with the Paralympics coming up. Um, oh, not about that. No, but uh, look, it's it's great to have you on the show. Um, right, look, obviously this is, a, this is a series where we interview people with chronic health conditions. Um, you were diagnosed with Crohn's. Uh, you almost died from the disease, is that right, in, in 2010? Yeah. And you're also born without legs. I suppose the Crohn's is the is the piece of this puzzle that would normally fit into the category of, of what we talk about on this show. But equally, being born without legs must have presented um, a huge amount of challenges mentally for you for your parents or maybe not maybe for you it didn't it'd just be really interesting to kind of know how you went from that that position that start in life to getting into sport and, and how that might have helped you um so yeah it probably sounds a bit weird but um having no legs has actually never been an issue for me um mm-hmm. that makes completely normal in fact i never actually wanted legs in the first place i hated them um <laughs> yeah my, my parents obviously like for them they wanted a a, a normal child um, so they kind of made me go and try different legs and physios and me walking, but I absolutely hated them. Uh, I felt that I was more kind of um, independent without them. And so, yeah, for me, it was never really a challenge without legs. I kind of, I knew I had, you know, kind of, I believed in my abilities as a human. Um, and I thought legs or no legs is not going to stop me. Um, and I guess people who know me, they know how like very confident I am. Um, mm-hmm. I never use it as an excuse at all. In fact, like I, I'm quite. I'm probably the most laid-back, chilled guy to ever see. Um, so yeah, for me, it was was it was Crohn's actually that made me feel less able than I would normally, which is weird to say that. But um, yeah, for me, it was Crohn's that's been the issue, not not having no legs. So I'm assuming that powerlifting predates Crohn's because Crohn's uh, affected you about the age of twenty. I would I would guess. 19 so i got sick right. the night before i competed at the beijing paralympics right yeah the night before so i didn't know what it was at the time um until nine months of absolute 
you know, like torture, um, trying to get diagnosed of what people thought was actually cancer in the first place. Um, quite a scary time for my parents, seeing me kind of, you know, pref- well, be at the you know the biggest games of all, and then within nine months, I was, a, you know, I was nobody, uh, not compared to what I, you know what I was competing at. So, yeah, I'd lost about twenty kilo in body weight. Uh, really sick, uh, bedridden. Um, the pain, the fatigue, seeing blood in the toilet. Um, I thought, yeah, my career was pretty much over in nine months, basically, when I got back. And then I got the diagnosis, and I did not have a clue what it was. When you say you didn't – so how how did you go about then finding out information at that time? Because, you know, as 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 I've explained to you before we hit record, and as anyone who's, who listens to this regularly is familiar, this this is kind of my way of finding out information as I go along. What what did you do to try and kind of go right? Let's let's arm myself with some knowledge. Um, it was quite tough. So um, when I got diagnosed with Crohn's, uh, it got explained to me that my life was about to change and there's no cure for it, and I'm going to be on medication potentially the rest of my life, on and off. Mm. Um, my lifestyle has to change, and um, people thought and this was 2009 um, that performing at the level that I have to perform at with Crohn's probably. Is virtually impossible because how unpredictable Crohn's is, uh, and the side effects of the medication on top, um, it just puts me at a massive disadvantage to compete at that sort of level. So, uh, the talk was of actually me retiring at age twenty, um, but then I went away and did some research to find out if there were any like any other athletes that were competing on my level. Um, there was one um, who went to the Olympics like three times. She was, I think, she was a canoeist or rower um, from America and um, her best position was 10th um, and I saw a YouTube video and she does an interview and she said um, Crohn's was the reason why she never reached her potential and I was like oh my god um, I'm in for an absolute roller coaster here because it's not like she's not been trying um, right. and I think at the time no Crohn suffered ever won a medal at any Olympic or Paralympic Games so I was going to attempt something that's potentially never been done and the research just wasn't out there at the time so uh, I had to learn not only how the condition affects the body but also what medications affect my body at the same time with training and basically just trial and error I had to I, I was getting picked to myself I had no choice because nothing out there and so when it when it came to kind of uh, medication and how it was affecting your body I suppose it was completely in the dark for your coaching team as well or your coach because that that must be quite disconcerting. You rely on them for information and all of a sudden they're scrambling around trying to work out what's going on. Um, yeah, I think f- for me it was, um, I'm, I'm quite, I was in a lucky position because when you're on the national team, you have access to like the best practitioners money can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the you know best coaches, best nutritionists, best doctors, you know, best sports scientists, and they all work together to make sure that you're in the best way you can be. Um, so I was lucky that I had access to, you know, probably the, the, the you know, the, the best knowledge that, that was available at the time. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people kind of wrote me off because, uh, you know, it's not been done and, uh, we were kind of, you know, trying to attempt something that actually it could be quite dangerous because nobody knew how it was going to affect me. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I I thought I had the resources to try pull it off, and I promised myself at nineteen that um, Crohn's wouldn't be the reason I retired; it'd be the reason why I carried on uh, and see how much I can really, you know, push it to uh, limits that no other humans ever pushed it before. And uh, I, I was lucky that I had uh, 
that the resources behind me. So look, kind of 10 years ago, Crohn's was not particularly, well, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's well understood now, but there do seem to be more high profile cases of people in sport or high level entertainment. So I'm thinking kind of there's Jack Leach in cricket, there's um, Amy Downden, who's a dancer on Strictly, who did a, a documentary last year. Why is it that all of a sudden there is more exposure for people with, with Crohn's and there are more people with Crohn's it would seem competing at that high level? Uh, I think probably back then it was uh, there's a lot of stigma behind it. People were embarrassed of it. Uh, I think people needed well high high kind of uh, achievers that had it to speak out publicly because they had the platform to speak out and people actually like yeah they had a lot of followers so people got to understand what they went through and it kind of made maybe the Crohn's and Colitis community kind of um, more confident about sharing their stories too every day. I think you see it on lots of social media now where you've got a lot of um, sufferers sharing their journey. Like if you look at my social media, I hardly share my journey because Crohn's doesn't define my life. Uh, I've got so much going on that's just a little bit part of it. Um, where And I've been criticized before that I don't um, post that much about my Crohn's, um, only kind of one or two twice a year, like once or twice a year. Uh, but I keep saying to people like, it's just a part of my journey. I've got you know other things as well. And it doesn't define, you know, define my life. So why should it consume everything that I say and do? That said, you are, you do, you don't hide that you've got Crohn's. Okay, you don't, you don't outwardly talk about it as much, but you certainly don't hide it. Do you, have you discovered that there are more people in the Paralympic movement or even the Olympic movement who've come forward and started talking to you because they have similar conditions or similar similar issues? Yeah. So um, I think. What I've been for the last 10 years, anybody in the kind of elite sporting system in other sports, um, when they're diagnosed with either Crohn's or colitis, um, I'm like the case study they go to because I started like 10 years ago. Um, so they want to know like what the effects of the medications are, how I dealt with it, the way I you know, live my life. So like actually like, you know, you know, people use me as the example um, where 10 years ago I had no example. So I just had to learn. And obviously, every case is different, so you can't really advise people, but you can definitely tell them what to expect and um, how adaptable they have to be. So what what does your regime look like now in terms of staying fit? And, you know, I mean, you were very successful at the 2016 uh, Paralympics. You, as you said, world records. Um, you've won world championships, European championships. Um but going forward and, and looking into the future, uh, I assume that doesn't just stop. So, how do you, how do you kind of how does sport play a role in your life now? I think um, I think back back then when I first got diagnosed, um, nobody really knew about sport and how it affected Crohn's or colitis at all. Um, there was hardly any information out there. Where I've always, I've always felt like you know exercise for me, like regardless of if it's elite or you know recreational. It, it's going to do some good, um, but you just have to know yourself. You know, if you're too fatigued, back off a little bit. Um, if you've got energy that day, then capitalize on it. Uh, but I think, like for me, like um, any sort of activity is going to make you feel uh, better. Also, as well, it distracts you from your symptoms as well. I, I found that actually, like if you're in a lot of pain and you actually do something that's sport related, you, you feel much better and you actually distract you from the pain and the symptoms. So. Um, yeah, for me, it's if I when I do retire, um, I want to be as sporty as I am now, just not a not high not, not high profile in terms of uh, at that level. 
<laughs> look, it must have got someone who's who's you know obviously competed at a, an elite level. What's your aspirations or hopes for for the for the upcoming Paralympics and Olympics? Because it's going to be so strange. It's going to be so strange to see competitors with very little crowd, um, perhaps a handful of local supporters. Does that, if anything, is it? Does it give an opportunity for the Paralympians? that maybe because the pressure of whether or not there's a crowd there often it seems to be that that whether or not people turn up to watch the Paralympics overshadows the Paralympics itself and I suppose there isn't really that pressure there this time and there will be millions of people tuning in all around the world to see it regardless because it'll be it'll be sport and people are thirsty for it right now um I think as athletes we are used to performing with no crowds anyway like powerlifting is a minority sport so like at the British Championships, there's hardly any crowd. So I'm used to competing mm-hmm. in front of nobody. Uh, internationally, like, yeah, you get crowds. And obviously, at, like, Paralympic Games, it's packed. Um, but for me, like, as athletes, we, we adapt to things. That's what makes us athletes. We have to. Um, we can't use the crowd not being there as an excuse not to. Uh, but I have always said that the people are going to win, the people that might win medals this year are not necessarily the best athletes, but be the people that have actually adapted the best to COVID protocols and the regulations placed upon them. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting games. I think there'll be some interesting results. And um, I may not be a medal favourite this time around, uh, yeah. but um, hopefully I get there and, you know, try and come close. But um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going there just to probably make up the numbers this time, to be honest. Well, you never know. Uh- <laughs> never know. Look, it's just one thing. How how have you trained this year? Because obviously, I don't know what your setup is, but gyms are being closed. You're lifting ridiculously heavy uh, amounts of weight. I would assume you probably have that equipment at home. But I, I for you know, I, look, I, I trail run at a very amateur level, but but I've had to adapt to training at home and and kind of motivating myself and not being in a gym environment. How's that been for you? Well, I think I'm I was pretty quite lucky. Um, we converted my living room to a gym. Um, so like, yeah, as you said, like I still need to like lift. So my living room got converted and I think November, December last year, we were back in the gym, like in, like before anybody else, because um, we are elite and we get that exemption. So we we're quite yeah. in that sense. Um, so very grateful that we got that, um, you know, that kind of, uh, well, I know a lot of people struggle without gyms, but I, I've got that access. You got the access, yeah. Yeah, so um, you know, for us, I've actually been in the gym since probably late November, early December. Um, so yeah, I've been quite lucky. Has, has it been? I mean, obviously, aside from the from the fact that there's social distancing, masks, and so on, because gyms tend to be quite social experiences for people, and they tend to, you know, you kind of certainly when it comes to weightlifting, you're pushing each other or, or something along those lines. I, I guess. That having not having that aspect might be slightly unusual. Yeah, I think if when you're training at home, you get nobody because um, nobody's allowed in my house. Um, but in the gym, um, you've got this kind of um, the protocols are in place; they're quite, quite strict. So um, you're literally finished and you're out. There's no yeah. talking. There's no kind of like socialising. Um, you're literally like you get you go into the session. All the checks are made. So my temperature's checked everything's cleaned down uh you do your session uh with the team but you're kind of like you know distant from each other and uh when you finish or you're out um you go through the back door not the front door um yeah every every like protocol has been uh put in place to help us kind of not protect 
ourselves, but protect other people as well. We have to kind of live our life thinking about the team rather than us. See, the thing is, I think most people would would kind of imagine that an elite athlete, someone who's who's medaled at games before, would have no problem with motivation. But I kind of don't think that that's the case. I would imagine it's been just as difficult for you and for your for your peers as as anybody else, really, this last year. Yeah, I think people um, need to kind of think about us as we're actually normal human beings, like you know, mm. like you. So uh, our emotions uh, and lives are pretty much similar. It's just that we. You know, luckily we got the time to compete at a high level. Um, and obviously, when the Paralympic Games got postponed, uh, a lot of people struggled with that fact because it's another year of very hard training. Um, we push ourselves so hard, and that you know, people are asking us to give another year. Um, and when you're on the verge of uh, retiring, uh, another year is quite tough. Um, but for other people, it gives them another year to improve. And um, you know, for, for us, some athletes enjoyed that. Delaying other athletes were like, oh God, not again. I have to keep pushing myself for another year and hope I don't break. So, um, yeah, like mixed kind of mixed emotions for a lot of athletes. But um, I think, you know, the, the games will be worth it because, um, you, you know, when, when you get there and you represent your country, it's the best feeling. And if you do well, it's even better. So, um, the goal is always in your, in your head, um, no matter what goes on in the process. So, look, Crohn's nearly not only took away your chance to do what you love doing um, at an elite level, it nearly took away your life. And then you kind of had to get your head around that and rebuild from there. What would your advice be to someone with a, with a, with a Crohn's diagnosis now who's new to this, who doesn't really understand it and is scared? Wow. Um, I don't give advice. Okay. Because, um, and this is just, I think, my experience. Um, if you look at the, like the Crohn's Crohn's community, um, I'm the outlier in terms of what I do to the disease and how I approach it, because I have to, because competing at, the, at my level, I have to take risks that even doctors don't like. And I feel like if people try to follow what I've done, um, it will be highly dangerous and risky for them. Um, and but as I said, like competing at that level, you have to take risks. You have to think outside the box, and you have to go against some medical logic. Uh, and that's why I don't give out advice because my journey is completely different um, amongst the majority. Um, and I have to do things that people think is completely insane. Uh, but I do say it's informed, like craziness. I know what I'm doing. Uh, it's just my, unfortunately, my goal is a little bit. Um, it's a little bit unique compared to other people. So that, that's why I don't give advice because I think it's quite, quite you know, risky um, following my kind of path. Obviously, you said that you don't talk about it necessarily that actively on social media, but have you seen, you know, have you seen communities, maybe not on Instagram, but on other social sites or, or places where you think that the conversation has been really positive and actually it is worth people kind of going towards and having a look at X, Y, or Z? Uh, you know, to be honest, there's, there's loads of accounts now that are kind of um, that are talking about Crohn's openly, um, just kind of their journey on a daily basis, medications, side effects, how they feel. And I think they articulate it way better than I'm going to, uh, just because I've got a blue tick and I'm, you know, high profile, I'm going to articulate it the way they are. Um, and as I said, as I said, like they are raising, you know, incredible awareness of the disease and they do it much better than me. So I think, um, it, you know, if you want, to kind of 
look at you know, accounts um, when it comes to the disease, probably don't look at mine because it's actually more sport-related rather than Crohn's-related. And uh, I post like twice a year when it comes to Crohn's. So um, I think like people can probably like take my story and go, actually, you know, I've got these goals and, you know, I, I've Ali's proven that it can be done, um, but I just don't document it. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, no, but it's, it's, it's not for everyone. It's not necessarily for everyone, is it? I mean, like you said, it doesn't define you. Yeah, exactly. Weightlifting. Weightlifting is the thing that maybe, I don't know, would you say that weightlifting has defined you or is that just something that you are passionate about? No, I think I think not, nothing defines me. I think what, what uh, defines me is my approach to all my goals. So um, I always say to people, not one thing defines you. You're kind of, a, you know, collectively, you've got all these different elements that, help create you uh, rather than yeah. to define yourself um so so like i've got you know i'm, I'm trying to get healthy with crohn's i'm trying to tackle that obviously you know competing at the paralympic games is huge for me i've also got you know people don't know but I've, i'm studying a phd and i'm launching i'm launching an app this year so you know nothing defines me i've got this all these things that i'm focusing on and uh it's, yeah it's enjoyable so look, last last quick question um back on on sport um what was it about weightlifting? You know, you're, you, as you said, um, not having legs has never held you back. You didn't see legs as as as, as a as, as something that you wanted or, or liked. But what was it about picking up weights that I suppose other people might look at you and immediately think you're not going to be any good at that? You, you know, that's going to be something too far. That you went, no, this is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna love. I'm gonna enjoy. To be honest, it was an, it was an accident. So um, my first love of sport was judo. And right. the the kind of the issue was was that having no legs meant that I couldn't classify in judo because um, it was only open for visually impaired and uh, blind athletes at the time, and it still is uh, at that at that level. Um, but during my GCSEs, my friend forced me to the gym across the road, and uh, you know at that age, you're, you've got this ego about how much you can lift. And um, on my first ever attempt, I lifted 100 kilo, and the whole gym stopped and. Um, the owner used to be the national coach of the powerlifting team, and there you are, like I got found straight away. So it was an accident. I didn't even want to go to the gym that day. And when you say lift, sorry, is that is that bench pressing? Yeah, bench press. Right. Yeah, my, my yeah, first that's, hundred kilo. First, right, okay, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> well, I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't know what I did. Like I was raw. I was a novice. I didn't know what. I didn't have a clue what was going on. Amazing. Well, look. Good luck with the PhD. Good luck with the with the app. Thank you. Um, obviously good luck with this summer and uh, safe travels but thank you for spending some time and just sharing some of your thoughts around not just crowns but sport as well no my pleasure thank you a couple of years ago michael and jacob two friends from london were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole michael a professional footballer at the time realized he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear overconsumption and underuse was all too common hilo was born a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They've started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Right, so welcoming to the show for this third series, we're joined by Marcel. So thank you for taking the time to to join us. Thank you for having me. 
It's all right. We'll make sure that we add loads of links to your Instagram channel uh, because <laughs> there's loads of useful workouts on there that people might be interested in. And uh, yeah, Marla, thanks for joining me for Series 3. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I, I promise we will not make unnecessary jokes at your expense. <laughs> isn't that the theme of the podcast though <laughs> we've slowly and slowly just worked out that um the doctors don't really know much no i, I, I think series three is your chance to like set your you know draw a line in the not sand. at all i feel like here it is like here we'll be shining out louder and prouder that google knows more than so many doctors <laughs> no that's not true right um look first of all the first thing that i'm going to just mention um Ali's world record of 194 kilograms, benching 194 kilograms when you haven't got legs to ground you just doesn't even make any sense to me. I mean, when he said the first time he went to the gym, he benched 100 kilos. I was like, sorry, what? Who are you? Like anyone who's ever tried to lift any kind of weight of any kind of like to 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 bench. I'm rubbish at it. Like. I mean, I've never really trained for it, but I think I lift about 60. And it's like, you have to ground your legs to get any kind of purchase. I think that's just his outlook altogether. Everything I got from listening to him is that he's just so ambitious and nothing will stop him. He never thinks that any challenge is too big. And I think that's great. He's just so inspiring and think he's so strong mentally as well as physically. And I just think he's, he's yeah, just such an inspiring person to listen to. Yeah, 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 and it really speaks to that line he said, right? That people use him as the example, but he didn't really have that example before, which is kind of what we're sitting here saying. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? But I mean, every there's always got to be a first, right? And he is, he's the person that we're all going, wow, wow. But now it's achievable in our eyes, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I suppose that there's that thing as well around, you know, what what's achievable. Um, he never wanted legs. His parents wanted him to try legs, but he felt he was more independent without him. And he believed in his abilities as a human. And and I can only imagine that the vast majority of people would go down the route of prosthesis and trying to kind of conform. And 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 obviously, he's showing that that he's just as mobile, just as independent. He doesn't need them, and and he will kind of forge his own path. Yeah, it shows that you don't actually have to go down the routes that maybe medical professionals or family and friends might push you down. You can actually make your own decisions based on what you want to achieve. Or just the pressures of society, right? A hundred percent. I mean, one of the things that we always see at the pain clinic is that people make decisions based on what, as exactly what you were just saying there about what what family and friends tell them they should really be thinking about doing or doing and they feel like they should do it because they don't want to be a burden with their conditions and him standing up well and just saying loud and proud right that it doesn't it doesn't matter what you are told to do you know you do what feels right for you and you channel that own energy because it is your life at the end of the day I just I love that I love that mentality I think he even showed that where he was told you know, not to exercise when he found out he had Crohn's. And actually he said, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. And now his outlook is that actually, you know, exercise, no matter in what form, it's going to add some sort of benefit. And I think people are so quick to tell you not to exercise, no matter what illness or, you know, disability you might have. And actually it's just because there's not enough research. So it's safer for them to tell you no. Whereas he just said, actually, I'm going to forge my own path and, 
it's worked for him and it's worked for him amazingly. Is it interesting? I mean, sorry, it is interesting, but this whole point about um, people were embarrassed about Crohn's and needed people to speak out. And I suppose picking up on that point about forging your own path, you know, he he doesn't feel the need necessarily to kind of shout about Crohn's all the time. Um, I think it's interesting that other people seem to be frustrated at that and criticize him. Um, and it's just a reminder, I suppose, that we all deal with emotions in a different way. And he, you, know, you shouldn't criticize someone for the way that they react to, to adversity or just because they don't, they don't kind of react to it in the way that you want them to. Yeah, I think I quite liked that he said he didn't want to put things necessarily on social media because he doesn't want to encourage people to do things that might damage them because obviously he has done things against medical advice, albeit, you know, he said he's done them quite safely, he's done a lot of research, but that makes sense that that's his reason, you know, for not necessarily putting every bit of his disease on social media. But, and he, you know, he did acknowledge that actually it's great that a lot of people are talking about Crohn's on social media because it's great to have that support network. And it's not just with Crohn's, it's with a lot of uh, illnesses and, and diseases. But I think his his reasons for not doing that make sense, I think. So I can understand why he might have got criticism, but him explaining that actually makes a lot of sense. I love the way you say that as well, because it, it almost reminds me about when we have the discussions about if someone has lived with this, it's their life, right? It's their it's their personal life that they're talking about here. It's not like something has, you know, I don't know. Some people like sh- showing like things. Their life was this way, then this happened. Now their life is this, and this is now their purpose, right? With him, he's like, this is my. I live with this. Like, you know, it's not nothing special to me. I'm just doing my own thing, and I'm not going to tell people how they should do it because their life is is different. And I suppose maybe his mentality is is different to I in my head right there's almost like a baseline of what is normal human that we all kind of self-impose on ourselves, and he doesn't have that he's just like everyone is individual there's no deviation away from the norm because everyone is so unique I don't think there's 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 a huge amount more to say really because because I think uh his his interview itself kind of speaks for itself um, he's an amazing guy. Uh, and the only thing I can really say is wish him best of luck in the Paralympics. Yeah, 100%. We'll be keeping an eye out to see how he gets on. It's interesting now, right? You're going you're gonna to tune in. You're going to be like, right, mm. weightlifting, see how he does. I'll <laughs> 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 be perfectly honest. I don't think I've ever watched weightlifting in either the Olympics or the Paralympics previously. No, me neither. And I actually like doing weights in the gym, but even still, I haven't watched it. <laughs> There you go. Right. Um, very quickly, Marcel, what is your Instagram channel? It's at Marcel underscore fitness underscore. At Marcel underscore fitness underscore. And Marla, if anyone wants to find out more about the Lever Clinic uh, and, and its ability to help people with chronic pain. It's www.levaclinic.com, leverclinic.com. Awesome. Awesome.